You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.nbcocala.com. Wednesday nights, we have a year-long series going on. Does anybody know what we're calling this? Real life. life. And you need to know that, that Scripture and the work and presence of God is not just some pie in the sky kind of thing. This has to do with real life. This affects us in the here and now in our lives. And one approach to this um, has kind of been, this is almost like group biblical counseling. Okay. And, and we're hitting subjects and topics that actually we deal with in real life. And we need to see what scripture says about these things so that we can, we can get some help. And it's not just to help us. It's also to help us to to help others because ultimately we're blessed so that we can, so we can be a blessing. This is the A group. I know it tonight. I can tell, um, in Ephesians chapter five, verse 16, it says redeeming the time because the days are evil. It really means making the most of every opportunity, um, buying up the opportunities, buying up the time, so to speak. Notice it says, because the days are evil. If you take a little time, ponder that verse, you really could draw this out of it. If I don't make the most of the, opp- of the opportunity, my days will be evil. Okay? So you're redeeming the time because the days are evil. And if I don't redeem the time, then we're going to have more challenges, more adversity in our life. You with me so far on that? So we're going to talk about procrastination tonight. How many of you have ever heard about that? This weekend I said, don't you wish there was a cream for that? Just a, or even a nasal spray, you know, something to help with this. Uh, procrastination comes, our word comes from the Latin and it really means deferred until tomorrow. It comes from the prefix pro, which means forward. And then crastinus, which means belonging to tomorrow. And it's when we delay, it's when we defer something, we put it off. I found a story and I'm going to read it to you so I don't mess it up. It says a farm boy accidentally overturned his wagon load of corn in the middle of the road. The farmer who lived nearby came to investigate. He said, hey, Willis, forget your troubles for a spell and come on in and have dinner with us. And then I'll come back out here and help you to get the wagon up. That's mighty nice of you, Willis answered. But I don't think Paul would like me to. He said, oh, come on, son. The farmer insisted. Well, okay, the boy finally agreed. But Paul won't like it. After a hearty dinner, Willis thanked his host. I feel a lot better now, but I just know Paul is going to be real upset. He said, don't be foolish, exclaimed the neighbor. By the way, where is your Paul? Willis said, under the wagon. And then I found this little poem. Procrastination is my sin. It brings me naught but sorrow. I know that I should stop it. In fact, I will tomorrow. Uh, This morning I posted on Facebook and and Twitter. um, And let me just encourage you to follow me on there. Because what I try to do every day is to give some kind of encouragement, some kind of inspiration, some kind of scripture, a thought. 
And uh, it's one of the first things that I do in the day. And uh, on the, the way it is, I can find out how many people actually viewed it. And lately, it's about over 4,000 people are actually viewing that every day. And that just blesses me. And I take it as something pretty important that I could say something you know, to help you. But I posted this this morning that procrastination is not only the thief of time. It is also the grave of opportunity. One of these days usually means none of these days. And so procrastination can be a problem. Procrastination is a thief that can take you prisoner. Now, most people deal with procrastination. Bless you. Now, back to us. Most people deal with procrastination. How many of you procrastinate on on some level? Okay. How many of you are going to put your hand up later? Okay. Just wanted to get you in there. Let me say this because we're, we're going to get in some, into some of the issues behind procrastination. I'm actually going to teach two weeks on this, tonight and, and next Wednesday. Um, this is, and you need to know this, this is not a house of condemnation. Okay? This is a house of grace and truth. That we encourage all of us, all of us, to move on toward health and wholeness and to find peace on earth. And that's a goal. So if we get close to you tonight, this is not a house of condemnation. We're all dealing with things. We're all dealing, uh, overcoming these things. Um, And so as we look at this, keep this in mind. Studies show that approximately 20% of people are regular procrastinators. That they have recurring pockets of, of procrastination in their life. Studies show that close to, uh, I had 25% and then some late reading I did this afternoon. It's closer to 30% of people are chronic procrastinators. And that interferes, that level of procrastination interferes with their life. It's detrimental to their balance of their life and it actually creates problems. That kind of procrastination is also called self-sabotage. And it ruins timing of things. It negates and ignores grace that God would give. It negates and ignores gifts that God gives. It blocks your progress. It blocks rewards. And it uh, works against your confidence and character growth. And you lose time and you miss seasons. And let me just kind of sum it up this way. It creates, let let me put it this way, it actually totally destroys margin, therefore increases what? Pressure. Now, how many of you just love pressure? How many of you know if you get enough pressure, you'll pop? Have you ever felt like you're about to pop sometimes? Uh, and maybe you've ever watched people pop before, you know, uh, and some of this, a lot of this is self-inflicted because we destroy or ignore margins in our life. This is so, so important. And listen to me and look at me. This is not some kind of psychology thing. This is so spiritual and scripture speaks so much to this. And get real with yourself and with me tonight. This impacts your life. This impacts your life. And so we've got to get some help on this. 
We're not made to live under the kind of pressure, especially when we self-sabotage our life and increase that pressure by destroying or ignoring margins in our life, a wrong use of time. We will lose time, and this is a very important thing, and you'll miss seasons of your life. In Proverbs 20, verse 4, it says, Those too lazy to plow in the right season will have no food at the harvest. So if you don't do what you're supposed to in the right season, it's going to mess up the next season. Y'all with me? Okay. Now, and again, this is truly a spiritual issue. William Thayer wrote this in 1893. See if this is not current right here, what I'm about to read. Only begin in season and delay becomes impossible. Decision must emphasize starting since it is easier to continue than it is to start. Running to overtake lost time and opportunity only exhausts the breath. One can never catch up. Failing to begin one task or duty promptly shoves it upon the heels of the next. And soon they all crowd and jostle each other and confusion and inefficiency ensue. Each duty has a place and that place has a beginning and end. Give it its beginning and it is sure of the end. And and I thought very timely words written in 1893. Let's look at one other thing and then we're going to start to work towards getting some help in this. When we procrastinate, do you feel better? You know, it is said, and I wish I had copied this down, that it's always easier to get up early in the morning the night before. Right? I'll tell you what, tomorrow I'm up at, you know, whatever. And then we hit the snooze. Come on. Okay. And we don't feel better when we procrastinate. We procrastinate sometimes because we think I'll feel better. But that's like some places, some fast food places. That sounds so good. And then you wolf it down. Y'all with me? And then how do you feel? I can't believe I ate the whole thing, right? Okay. Some of you remember that. When we procrastinate, it leads to feelings. I want you to identify these in in ourselves. And, And listen, this is all of us tonight. It leads to feelings of frustration. It leads to feelings of guilt. It leads to feelings of self-doubt. You start to get cynical of yourself. It leads to feelings of inadequacy. And guess what? It even leads to feelings of depression. So we've got to deal with procrastination. So we're going to look at a couple of things more of where this comes from tonight. We're going to give you some some help tonight too. And then next week, we're going to give you some practical keys in addition to what we look at tonight. So you want to make sure you're here for all of this. The first question that we would ask concerning procrastination is this. Well, what do we do about this? What do we do about this? How can I overcome procrastination? And let's look in the book of Haggai, one of the minor prophets, Haggai chapter 1. And uh, I'm going to begin in verse 2. Powerful portion of scripture here. Is everybody with me tonight? Thus speaks the Lord of hosts. 
How many of you know you should listen to that? The, the Lord of hosts, that phrase there, it's a favorite, a favorite term of Haggai. He uses it about uh, seven or eight times in this very short book. And it actually is the, the Lord of all armies in strength. Thus speaks the Lord of hosts saying, this people says the time has not come. Guess what? That's procrastination. The time has not come. The time that the Lord's house should be built. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai. Now he just quoted what the people said. The people said it's not time. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet saying, is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses, which is indication of luxury. And this temple, God's temple to lie in ruins. Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, help me. Consider your ways. This is the first thing that we have to do. We have to consider our ways. Here's what a lot of people do. Listen to me. Here's what a lot of people do. They exempt themselves. They excuse themselves. They say, well, I have reasons for this. Or it's just the way I am. Or my family was this way. Or, you know, it doesn't really matter. Or I've got a lot going on. And what we do, we kind of exempt ourselves. Dangerous. Y'all? Dangerous. So the first thing we have to do is we have to consider our ways. Literally, we have to stop and look at how we're doing things. We have to stop and look at what we're doing. Really what the Lord is saying through the prophet right there is wake up to this. Wake up to this. Because here they were, the people were to build this temple, the Lord's house. And the foundation was laid 16 years prior to this. So we've had 16 years. The foundation was laid but they still haven't finished and their, their wording is this. It's not time to finish yet. So this project has been going on and going on and going on. And then the Lord says to them, because they said the time has not yet come. And really what that is, it's misplaced priorities. Say that with me. Misplaced priorities. This is often the cause of procrastination. That we have a misplaced priority. Now notice this. The Lord questions him, and I'm going to paraphrase. He said, the people have said, it, time is not yet to, to finish that. And then the word comes through the prophet from the Lord, and it says this. And I'm going to rephrase it. But yet you found time to build your thing. You found time to do your thing, but you didn't find time to do the Lord's thing. Okay. If the Bible teaches us one thing, it teaches us that who should be first. Okay. If we've got a team and we've got 20 players and we have our 20 players and they're all important players and we all want them on the team. Bob your head, do something here. Okay. Okay. We all want them on the team. We need them all. They're important. We don't want to lose one of them. But we've numbered each one of them. One, two, three, four, so on, down through 20. And then we say, everybody get in line according to your numbers. Well, guess what? If number one is not there, then how many of you know that we're really technically out of order? And we talk about this a lot. I teach on this a lot. That if God is not in first place, everything else is in the wrong place. If God is not in first place, everything else is in the wrong place. And look at me and listen to me. And if God is not in the right place, 
your life is not going to work right because it is out of order. And where I come from, when they put a sign on a machine that says out of order, that means it does not work. So if our life is out of order, it's not going to work right. Now I'll show you this in, in Haggai here. The Lord says, you say the time has not come. It's misplaced, misplaced priorities because you had time to do your thing. And this, this is the thing about misplaced priorities. We don't do the thing we should do, but we found time to do something else. True? Now remember this, not a, I'm not yelling at you. Did I raise my voice? Did I look mean? Mad? No. This is for all of us. We've got to do this. And, and the Lord is saying here, consider your ways. Stop and look at what you're doing. Wake up to this. So misplaced priorities will always lead to frustrated results. In verse 6 of Haggai 1, it says this. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat but do not have enough. You drink but you're not filled with drink. You, you clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put it into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts. He repeats again. He says, what? Consider your ways. He repeats that again. Listen to me. Misplaced priorities results in frustrated results. It produces frustrated results. If you get things out of order, all the other things that you work on are not going to be optimized. And sometimes we think if I shortcut this... Here's, here's just one, okay? A lot of you would maybe put off putting God first in your day, giving him time. Well, I got to do this and I got to do this and I got to do this. I promise you will not have the peace and the grace that you need for all the other things. How many of you have experienced that? You could, you could testify that. Well, I, but I, I'm busy. I got up a little late. And, I, uh, and then we go off. Why would we go off without peace, without grace, with stopping for a word from our sponsor? Okay, and plugging in with God to start the day. We don't put him first. It's so important that you put him first. And in our endeavors and how we use our finances, how we use our time, all of these things, we procrastinate. We have misplaced priorities and it frustrates the results. Now, I didn't, I didn't give this to them before service, but I want to go ahead and read verse 7 through 11 here. And this is going to surprise you a little bit about the Lord, okay? Watch this. Listen to this rather. Thus says the Lord of hosts. Now remember what we've read so far. And he says it again. Consider your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build the temple. What's he telling them to do? He's essentially saying it is time. That I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much, but indeed it came to little when you brought it home. Watch this. When you brought it home. I blew it away. Who blew it away? God. And then he asked this question. Why? Says the Lord of hosts. Because of my house that is in ruins while every one of you runs to his own house. Therefore the heavens above you withhold the dew. And the earth withholds its fruit. For I called for a drought on the lands and on the mountain. On the grain and on the new wine and the oil. On whatever the ground brings forth on men and livestock and on all the labor of your hands. Follow this. That doesn't, that doesn't sound like the God that we always want to think about. But here's what God is saying. You put me first or it's not going to work. Now I'm not a prophet. 
God will use me sometimes in some things like this, but I feel some heat on this and just listen to me and consider this. Okay. You just weigh this based on scripture. I'm a teacher. I'm a pastor, but I sense something in this. Are there maybe some things that you and I are working on and trying to do and they're just not working out? And we looked for much and we hoped that this would work and that would work and this would come together and that door would open and it just has not happened. And I will tell you tonight, here's what the Lord would say. You need to consider your ways. You need to make sure that you're not so involved in your thing that you're not involved in his thing first. And if you'll take care of his things and be involved in his things, he'll take care of your things. And he says, I blew it away. And I know we've got the loving, good, kind side of God, but you need to know that God is God. And he doesn't come and pick on us. And he doesn't hit you with a two by four to get your attention. Show me a verse for that. But what he does do, he's going to say, you know what? You can try all this stuff. But if I let you get away with this, if I let you do your own thing and it prospers, then you're going to say, you don't need me. It is actually my passive and active mercy that I would frustrate the works of your own hands. So that you'd realize I cannot do this without God. I cannot live my life without God. And some of you maybe with some frustrating things in your life. And I'm not, I'm not saying God blew it away. I'm not saying, I don't know. I don't know. But what I am saying is you need to wake up to this truth and consider your ways and make sure that you're putting God first. Could I get an amen at anybody on this? All right. Now let's get back to procrastination here. We first of all have to identify and realize, okay, I do this and consider our ways and look at procrastination. But here we're going to go a little bit further here to, tonight. The second thing is this. You need to ask why. You, na- you need to ask why. You need to identify why you procrastinate. You need to look at the causes of why you procrastinate. Because listen to me, when you procrastinate, you're frustrating results. You're you're eating up margin and you're creating pressure and you're missing seasons in your life. So this is a spiritual issue. So you've got to ask why first admit I, I do it and I've got to look at this and then you've got to ask why, what causes me to procrastinate? You've got to understand this yourself. Now, a lot of people immediately say that procrastination is laziness. It's not. There is some laziness involved. That is one of the reasons. And we'll look at that in just a second. But don't immediately assume of yourself or others the reason they procrastinate is because they're lazy. So let's look at this. There are two categories. And I'm not going to write all this out tonight. I'm tempted, but I don't want to take the time here. Two categories of procrastinators. Number one, unintentional procrastinators. Unintentional procrastinators. I'll explain that further in a moment. Secondly, guess which the other one is? Intentional procrastinators. Okay. Now an unintentional procrastinator, get this. They desire to complete a task, but they don't. They want to, but they don't. An intentional procrastinator makes a deliberate choice to put it off, to delay. So... There are roots to this. Now, 
from the beginning of scripture. Let me do this. I messed up a little bit there. Root issues. Say root issues. Okay, most of our culture only looks at the fruit issues. See, we're, we're trying to fix this all the time. We're trying to correct that all the time. We're, we're, we're watching that all the time. But where did that come from? It came from the root issues. And so our fruit may be procrastination. We've got to find out then, what's the root? How did this grow here in my life? So unintentional procrastinators have five, there's probably more, but five general roots that we're going to look at. Intentional procrastinators have five, and I don't want to even call them roots. I want to call them reasons. And then there's a root why they're intentional, but we'll, we'll look at that a little bit later. Let's look at these real quick. I, w- I don't have time to develop all of this. One of the roots, the first root of unintentional procrastinators is, ready? Perfectionism. I heard the moans. Perfectionism. It means this, excessive demands on yourself. It's an all or nothing kind of thing. If I can't get the whole garage cleaned by lunch, I might as well not even do it. If I can't do all of this, then I might as well not do it. It's an all or nothing. And you need to understand this. God, look at me. God does not demand perfection of you. God does not demand perfection. God wants your heart. He wants your heart, but he does not demand perfection. If the Lord counted iniquity, who would stand? Okay, none of us. God does not demand perfection. We cannot demand perfection of other people. And we cannot demand perfection of ourselves. But this is a root. And we'll, we'll, we'll look at the root of, of this in just a second. But it's perfectionism. Second one is this one. P- poor self-worth. Poor self-worth. And this, this kind of is... Um, I'm not going to do a good job with it anyway. It won't turn out good anyway. So we put it off. Third root is this. Fear. What if it doesn't work? What if this backfires? What if, what if, what if? Fourthly is lack of goals. Lack of goals. And there's reasons why people don't do that. We'll look at it in a a moment. And the other is just the feeling of being overwhelmed. How many of you have felt that before? And sometimes you've got this going on and that going on and this going on and that going on. And you've had some other procrastination. It seems to build up and you just feel overwhelmed. And this is what feeling overwhelmed says. There's too much to do. There's too much to do. Where do I start? Well, let me go back to the old saying. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. I asked my my 11-year-old a couple years ago. I remember saying, well, how do you eat an elephant? He goes, you don't eat elephants. (laughs) All right. Intentional procrastinators. There's five reasons they deliberately choose. First of all, is they're incapable. It's something they can't do, so they decide not to. 
Second one, controlling. It's kind of passive aggressive, controlling. I'm not going to do it to irritate you or, or because you're not the boss of me. Uh, another reason would be they're confused. You ever been there before? You just kind of get confused. About it. Or here's where it comes in. Lazy. Or the fifth reason, rebellious. Rebellious. We can talk more about those later. But I need to move on to this for the sake of time tonight. Procrastination can be like a paralysis. Um, and it's usually connected to something in your upbringing. Okay, now follow me on this. Your first seven years are incredibly important. And then by the time that you hit 15, your worldview is set. So from 15 on down, and listen to me, and look at me, and this is not even the message tonight. Do not let your kids raise themselves. Don't. Because you're hurting them. You're hurting them. And check on their Facebook, okay? Well, I'm trying to be their friend. They don't need a friend. They need a dad and they need a mom who loves them and will guide them, okay? Well, how come I got on that? Anyway, um, because there's so much that happens. That first seven years, the first three are incredibly important. And then by the time they're seven and you have an accumulation of all these things that happen to us. Listen to me. You are the way you are today because of the things that happened by the time you were three, by the time you're seven and by the time you're 15. You have these layers, incredible layers of things that were going on in your life. And you are the way you are. The kinks and the quirks and the dents that you have. And the things where you're very confident and very accomplished. And the reason why some of you uh, overwork and some of you underwork. And all of these other things, guess what? Parents and brothers and sisters and friends and classmates and teachers and coaches and neighbors and strangers said things, did things, didn't say things, didn't do things and have impacted us. Y'all hear? And one of the things that ends up happening It affects how we process projects and how we will approach a duty. And if we have, and I'm going to get to the bottom of this in just a second. So hold on. I won't put it off. And it can all be overcome. But how we approach those things have largely been shaped and impacted By those things that are going on in our lives. No wonder Jesus said, don't you hurt the children. It'd be better for you to get ran over by seven trucks and shot by the... No, that's not what he said. But but he was serious about a millstone to be hung around your neck, cast into the middle of a bottomless sea. You have three God-given inner needs. Three God-given inner needs. Love. Significance. Security. 
You is smart. You is kind. You is important. Now, we've looked at these on another level. You've got to have intimacy with God, intimacy with others, and self-worth. But you need love, significance, and security. And listen to me. If you don't get those, now, don't get mad at everybody. Why didn't my mom, why didn't my dad, why did that teacher, why did that bully, why didn't you? Forget them. We are where we are right now. Okay? And I'm going to help you to do something here tonight. And the next week, we're going to look a little bit further at this. And, this, and please do a good job. Please do a good job of doing these for other people. Let them know they're loved. Let them know they're significant. Let them know they're secure. Don't make their worth based on what they do. Don't make it. You did a crummy job with that. What's wrong with you? You hear me? Let them know. It was a, it was a good try, but we got to work on this. They've got to be loved. They've got to feel some significance. You should applaud the silliest things for little kids. Good job on the potty. You didn't spill as much this time at dinner. And security. They got to know that they're safe, loved, significant, and safe security. Well, here's the thing. So much has happened to all of us and we don't even remember. And some things we don't even want to remember. So what do we do? Well, pastor, we're just damaged. But guess what? Ministry is about people repair. And the things that are causing us to not be able to approach a project, a duty, relationships. This affects all kinds of things. We're just hitting on one tonight, which is procrastination. Here's what you can do. You can regain all of this now, no matter how damaged you've been. You can regain this now through a relationship with your heavenly father. And you can regain this through healthy, godly relationships. You will draw a rich, rich, rich source of love, significance, and security from relationship with a heavenly father and godly, healthy relationships. Now, let me just move on to what can we do about this tonight because i got to finish this up. As we were coming up, let me just see if I can lead you on with this here. How could we convey love, significance, and security to somebody? Words. Okay, let's go back to words. Words. Guess what? The damage in our life, the culprit is usually words. Guess what? The cure always will involve words. And even if you don't have anybody... To say these words. I have them here. I said I have them here. I don't, I don't have anybody else's words bound in leather. You, you hear me? So you get this. And let me just do this. Psalm 107 verse 20 says, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. I'm going to read it again. He sent his 
word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. I just want to take one verse here of his word. And this is your takeaway. This is your point of application. Okay. And I'll wrap this up tonight and then we'll, we'll finish up here. Philippians 4.13. If you'll put that up on the screen for me right there. Okay. What is our subject tonight? Okay. Leave the, leave the verse up there, Terry. Procrastination. And procrastination, we put it off, or if we become chronic about this, we get cynical of ourselves. Oh, I can't get this done. I can't get this done. I can't get this done. And here's some other words for you to kind of put in the pipeline, okay? Will you read it with me tonight? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can do what? All things. No, don't, don't be pulling this junk on me. You can do what? All things. Really? No, you can't. No, not if we stop there in the sentence. We can do all things through. Why? Because he strengthens me. Let me expand the verse for you just a little bit and then we'll, we'll wrap up here tonight. I can do all things through Christ. Just follow me on this. Who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who loves me unconditionally. I can do all things through Christ who accepts me. I can do all things through Christ who thought enough of me. He died for me. Significance. I can do all things through Christ who never leaves me and never forsakes me. Security. I can do all things through Christ who helps me. I can do all things through Christ who will give me a plan. I can do all things through Christ who knows me, who sees me. I can do all things through Christ who forgives me. I can do all things through Christ who fill in the blank. And you've got to start there. Look at me. You've got to start there. Now, I've got about a dozen practical keys that absolutely work. But... If we only use the keys, we're only going to treat the fruit issues. We've got to go to the root issues. And there's something in me. Listen to me. And I'm, this is real. Look, this is my testimony. There's something in me that's damaged. And there's something in you that's been damaged. That we don't do all the things that we'd like to do quite in the right way. And, and you know what? I can go back and I know some of the things... And some of the things I've forgotten and some things I think I made me forget. Look at me. You're the same way. You're the same way. Something, these three God-given inner needs of love, significance, and security. We haven't arrived on the scene tonight whole. How many of you would admit you got a few dents and flat spots? Okay, that's why I'm, I'm praying I'm praying I hold on to the hair I still have. Because I have dents and flat spots, okay? Okay, it's not your business and don't look too close. I'm glad I'm taller than most of you, okay? But I'm joking, but I'm joking. But listen, we all have those dents and those flat spots. But guess what? Through a, a relationship with our Heavenly Father, through engaging in his word because the culprit is usually words and the, and the cure always involves words. And I gave you just one takeaway tonight that absolutely, totally tailor fit 
the whole issue of procrastination. I can't do this. I can do this. I can do this. Through Christ who loves me. It's where I get my significance. It's where I get my security. He'll help me. He'll forgive me. He's patient with me. He'll show me a plan. He'll send me some help. He'll get me through this. But listen, his words and your words. Say his words. His words. And say my words. That self-talk is very, very important. That your words resonate with his words on the inside. It's amazing what's going to start happening. You need to just read scripture over yourself. How how many of you have noticed when I'm reading scripture, uh, just about every service I'll stop and I'll say, say that's me. You know, I'll have you do that. Say that's me. Because you know what? I'm constantly having to plug myself into scripture. Who heals all your diseases? My diseases. Who forgives all your iniquities? My iniquities. You got to put yourself in there. This was written to you. This is for you. Words were the culprit. Words are a big part of the cure. His words, my words, resonating with his words. It's going to produce love and significance and security. And you're going to be able to start this ball rolling and get the start on these things. We'll apply some practical things to this next week. But I want you to do this between now and then. Really get this going with I can do this. I can do this through Christ who gives me the strength and get that rolling. Amen. I got to stop right there. I've gone way over, but how many of you got anything at all out of this tonight? All right. Thank you, Lord.